Hello, party people. This is Corey, and this is the Alien of the Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 333. Have we really been doing it this long? <laughs> of the Alien of the Podcast. Half of the way to 666. I was yeah. going to say, and lucky for you guys, 300 of those episodes have been in 2020, so we got a huge catalog. <laughs> Uh, we're coming to you from the hashtag OTALA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh, but first, we need to start down in the Gulf of Mexico. Yes, we where, do. Where uh, things are, are aiming up to be pretty bad here in the next day or two. As uh, Hurricane oh. Laura and Hurricane Marco are looking to make sure here soon. That's absolutely right. Uh, sorry, I, everything's out of order now. And now I have to, I'm stressing out that it's not in order. But uh, here we go. So uh, Marco and Laura, uh, if you haven't heard, this is a, uh, a weird situation arising in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, that is that there are two hurricanes, although I did read just before we went live now, Corey, that Marco has been downgrading to a tropical storm. Okay. So I good think news, Laura is news. a tropical storm right now, too, but gaining power. Gaining strength yeah. up towards mm-hmm. a hurricane. So I guess we have two tropical storms in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, Laura... I believe did make landfall in Dominican Republic as a hurricane lost strength back to a tropical storm. Now is looking to gain strength as it crosses the Gulf the of Gulf, Mexico. Yeah. Um, but uh, so this is interesting because uh, I don't know if you know this, Corey, global warming is a farce. Don't you dare say <laughs> that global warming is a real, real thing and that it's powering storms that are doing something to the environment. Well, I mean, what, what always uh, amazes me is how often, we seem to be getting these once in a lifetime stories. So <laughs> I mean, strange. Like, you know, so we got strange. Katrina and Sandy, and uh, I feel like we can name half a dozen well, other ones. Let's back are... up. Katrina, 2005, yeah. once in a lifetime storm. Rita, same place. Three years later in 2008, once in a lifetime storm. Yeah. Sandy, winter hurricane. Hmm, those don't happen. 2012 uh we had a couple of quiet years in there where there mm. was small hurricanes that were impacting local areas maryland got hit by a uh hurricane if you want to call it that but it was uh it landfalled in north carolina as a hurricane and then just brought a lot of rain yeah. uh to maryland but uh now here we are it's 2020 and they we've already had two hurricanes hit the u.s one I believe grazed Florida and went off. The other one went through the, the uh, outer banks of North Mm. Carolina grazed off. And now Louisiana is in the crosshairs of not one, but two uh, tropical storms. And I mean, we're saying Louisiana mostly because the way that the projections are looking, it looks like it's going to sort of hit in the area between new Orleans and Houston. Yes. But to be, you know, to be fair, we don't know what exactly happens because they're, they're based off of projections. So you'll see a bunch of different projections of where this thing's going. Uh, but, you know, obviously New Orleans and Houston, two very large population bases. And yes. the people who live in the perimeter of those places are obviously a large well population base. So. I was going to say, luckily, like every dystopian future we've ever worried about, there's absolutely no people living in between those two places. So yeah. if it plows into the Gulf Coast of Texas between Houston and, L- and Louisiana uh, or, you know, along the panhandle of Florida, if it makes a hard right, no one will be impacted at all. No, I mean, so. ba- barely any... And the great news is we're not going through a pandemic at the same exact time Absolutely where not. people yeah. are being urged to stay in their homes as much as possible and the potential of storms taking away their homes at the exact same time. So uh, as uh, Marco is about to make landfall tomorrow, late today, early tomorrow, uh, basically what people are worried about most is the fact that even if it's a tropical storm, that means that the sustained winds are under 40 are at 45 miles an hour or less gusts no higher than 90 miles an hour. I don't know if you've ever stood in a 90 mile an hour wind. Yeah. 
also very strong. Um, and uh, there's not a lot of uh, great building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wood frame. Yeah. Uh, California, you know, we got to worry about earthquakes. So str- relatively strong buildings, concrete foundations. Uh, East Coast, up, you know, Maryland, where we're from, basements and, you know, strong places. But when you get down to the Gulf Coast, it's a lot of like, well, we built on marshland. This entire development's just on, on marshland. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we buried some steel down into the ground, built a house on top of it. Shouldn't cause any problem, except for, you know, if a once in a lifetime hurricane comes through. Every two to three years, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So, um, yeah, so you basically have people who are worried, have been worried about getting infected by going to hospitals, going to schools, uh, going to a convention center. Yeah. And now they may have to flee their homes because of a hurricane and go to a convention center or a school or, God forbid, they're injured, a hospital. So it's going to be interesting. And the thing about this storm that kind of I know that everyone has heard about and I wanted to actually just discuss a little bit was something called the Fujiwara effect or Fujihara effect. And that is uh, it's interesting because I actually learned about this in talking about galaxies. So we see this on Earth, but when two galaxies collide, it's a different effect, but it's similar. And Mm. I learned about this because it was like, this is similar to the Fujiwara effect, which you've already known about. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't Let know me go that. look about this. Uh, but when two spiral galaxies collide, they essentially... You know what my Google search was earlier today? <laughs> what is the Ujihara effect? Because I saw it on the rundown and I was like, oh. Figure, better figure out what that yeah, is. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and be uh, be uh, Rob going like, well, you know what the Fujihara? Everyone knows, right? And I'm just like, yeah, of course. It's. Uh, I am so happy. That- in the first season of True Detective. <laughs> I'm so happy that it's making you broaden your horizons yeah. and learn new things. Uh, but if two galaxies start to collide, they don't just run into each other unless it's literally a direct impact. What they do is they start to orbit each other and then one absorbs the other or they eventually tear each other apart and then reform. But uh, the Fujihara effect is something similar with hurricanes where if two storms come with tropical depressions that are spinning the same direction, meaning, uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, but in the Pacific, storms spin one way. And in the Atlantic, they spin the other way. Yeah. Just the matter of the tr- way that it forms in the tropics. Yeah. But if you've ever flushed a toilet in Australia, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I, is that really a thing? I feel like that's a, that's not a thing, right? That's I'm a. I'm pretty sure it is a thing. Yeah. I think, no, I don't think it is. I, I don't think water spins the other direction in Australia. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I'm pretty sure it's the, the, the uh, equator. Whether you're north or south of the equator. So what happens if you're right on the, ter- the equator? Does it go straight down? It doesn't spin? <laughs> you don't get water on the equator. No water. Okay, okay. Well, so anyway, this effect our is system such- is Our system is not built for that kind of instability. See, because my first instinct is always to go back to that Simpsons episode where <laughs> the American government builds a huge machine to make the water spin the right way. And I'm like, that makes me think it's not a real thing. Um, but nonetheless, so uh, the Fujihara effect, uh, if two storms that are spinning the same direction come within 900 miles of each other. They essentially start to interact with each other. And rather than continuing on the pathway that they were going to take, they start to orbit a common center in space. Uh, and not in space, in in the atmosphere. Yeah. And this can have two bad effects. Uh, one, if you were off the coast of Japan and this were to happen, essentially you would get hit by one storm, hit by the other storm, then hit again by the first storm as they start to orbit around and not really move. They stay in position. Um, this can be bad. The If one storm is significantly stronger than the other, it will absorb the smaller storm. It will change its track in a way that's not predictable. 
if uh, if they're both pretty strong, they will you know uh, orbit each other. Um, if they are about the same, a lot of times they will bounce each other off. Again, sending it in a weird track that's not predictable. Uh, Marco is right now the much uh, less strong storm. Lara is building in strength and is likely to be more strong. Um, if the two storms get within 120 miles of each other, they can actually combine, no matter what their strength or their yeah. size is. And that's when you get ridiculously strong storms. Uh, I bring this up only so that you at home can learn something new. That you know, again, you have a reason to Google it and find out something new about it. But the reality we're gonna, is, that we're going to learn something new too for sure today after the show because I was just googling the Coriolis effect, which yes. is what the water spinning, the water spinning thing is. Yeah, and. I've got like a page full of Google results that are like completely contradicting one another. So I have to spend the time to like, I, I can't, I'm just clicking on things. I'm not like noticing where the sources are yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to do this for real later when I'm not well, broadcasting. You have to separate your old uh, post on the Anquan Bolden websites <laughs> under the name Q uh, from what might be legitimate. Uh, yeah. But I, I bring that up. So the hurricanes first. are caused by the gay marriage. I mean that up just so everyone can, can essentially know that uh, news uh, news is bringing up the hurricanes and the Fujihara effect because they want to make a big news story. But the reality is in a small space like the Gulf of Mexico, it's not likely to happen. You're not going to have two storms that are equal in strength. And they tend to move quickly towards the coast. We've seen Marco pick up speed and he's going to make landfall. It's going to make landfall um, tomorrow or tonight as mm. we're recording this last night as you're hearing it. And Laura is not bound in for until Wednesday morning. So because of those impacts, it's likely not going to happen. But every story that I looked up about the hurricanes always mentioned this as like, well, this could possibly happen. And then somewhere in the midst, there's a scientist who's saying like, well, there's like a 1% shot of this happening. Yeah. And that is, let's bury all that information at the bottom. Cause people like Rob or might read it, but most people are going to read the first uh, paragraph and be like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. 2020. Yeah. But we should focus on the fact that there are two hurricanes yeah. in the Gulf of Mexico at I the mean, same if, time. I mean, if it does end up happening, though, I, I think that we are, in fact, dealing with a vengeful and angry God as opposed to a uh, a loving and forgiving one. I, th I think he's trying to start over. It's funny that's... for me that you still believe after 2020 <laughs> that there is some sort of omniscient being and that we're just not in the in the in uh, the favor of that. No, just uh, <laughs> in the matrix of uh, some higher beings computer program yeah. that has like much like vanilla sky decided it's going to run the most horrific version <laughs> of the program possible and just see what happens. Well, and, and in regards to uh, natural disasters, which are which are uh, furthering proof of uh, global warming going on here. Uh, California, where we are right now is uh, uh, dealing with quite a lot of wildfires. Yes. It's wildfire season in Los Angeles. So, uh, or in California, the temperatures outside are, uh, what's the scientific term for it? Ridiculous. Yes. Um, yeah. It's very hot. and Not for humans. <laughs> not fit for man nor beast. No, really. Uh, and it, it's really, uh, the amount of acreage that is being, it's, it's over a million acres so far. There's 13,000 firefighters out there battling blazes all over the state. A lot of it's in Northern California, but there are some sort of in like the uh, Angeles National Forest uh, and a little bit north, like Antelope Valley area, stuff like that, sort and if of you in the know, periphery of Los Angeles. If you want to know how busy we are this week, I'm not even going to get into the fact that of those 13,000 firefighters, something like 6,000 of them are 
prison inmates who are forced to go out there yeah. as a condition uh 13th amendment slavery mm. yeah i bring it up on the uh rob chief for president the most recent uh 10 actions so you should check out that video there we but go there are there are people fighting fires and they're prisoners so they're making what like a dollar i think we said last time a dollar a day i think it's like 220 or something like that but it's it's certainly not a uh what we would call a living wage yeah de- definitely not uh and if you need a Further sign that uh, we have angered the deity, whatever of the 1,500 current deities uh, you uh, may believe in, we're yet still in the depths of a pandemic, although it looks like, Corey, that things are getting a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it. this is the problem, though. And, I mean, like, we're still way higher in terms of cases than we were when this whole thing started. I mean, like, if you if you look at the curve, like, when we started shutting everything down and telling everyone to go away, it was roughly uh, the case numbers were still higher or still lower than they are right now. So basically what you saw is a humongous right spike. Well. What? They can see the curve right next to your face Oh, excellent. Well. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we started shutting down mid-March, and uh, you'll see that that is about a third of the way to where we are now. Yeah. So. Or half, I, I guess that might be a more charitable way of putting it. We could say half, I suppose. Yeah, yes. I mean, we like, thought we were in the depths of a surge, and it just couldn't get any worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, and thankfully, it, you know, people did try and stay inside when cases first started kicking up. But now, once <laughs> once it dipped down, that small little dip we had there was when everyone said, "Hey, let's open things back up." And then things got really bad again, and then things started shutting down a little bit, and that started going down a little bit. So. This seems to be corollary in some sort of way to me. I, maybe I'm maybe I'm just a big dum dum and I don't know how to read these things. But like, let me ask you. It seems to me the less people who are out there, like in the same area together, the least the less virus we have. Yes, and I had this thought earlier today. What do you think is the connection between? I'm going to call it the the Baltimore murder rule, mm. where uh, what is the one time where murders slow down in Baltimore? Oh, winter. Because yeah. it's cold outside. Yeah. Are we seeing the reverse Baltimore murder rule where it's like so dang hot out that no one's going out and they're like, oh, I'm just going to stay at home. I got to stay in the AC. And we're seeing the cases go down because they're staying inside. We have a heat wave across the whole country right now. I mean, I think that that could have a part to play. Like, I, I there are a lot of people, crazy people who like to go out when it's hot. I don't, I don't understand, understand this. No. You know, like, oh, it's 100 degrees. I got to get to the beach. I'm like, that's the last place I'd want to be. You just, um, you're going to cook yourself? <laughs> Are we sacrificing to some deity? I, I don't understand. <laughs> this is a popular point in today's podcast. Uh, <laughs> the, the point is that I, I, I think that, yes, there's probably more people who are trying to avoid the heat and staying inside, which is nice. I think there are more people who are becoming rational about the idea that maybe the things that they're doing aren't necessarily of peak importance you like, have so much faith in humanity i have absolutely well, no, I mean, like, none there, there, uh, there's certainly some people out there who don't give a fuck yeah i i think college students are right up at the top of the list because and i you know what i can't even necessarily like i can't say that i wouldn't have been in the same position if we were if we were going to college right now, as opposed to we were young and dumb once. Yeah, we did. We did stupid things, too. I, I would hope that I would <laughs> not be one of those kids, but I can't say I wouldn't be. That's the thinking, problem. There's a video that exists of someone drinking Coke out of a bowl. Like yeah. A dog. Or that, getting hit in the thing. face with a hockey ball. Like, 
there there are many dumb vi- college videos out there so i, I don't know things. yeah I, I you know and i i think the problem is that different parts of the country seem to be completely different in terms of how the virus is hitting mm-hmm. there so like uh, i'm thinking a lot about maryland because yeah. i see all my friends back in maryland they're going to restaurants uh they're not there seems to be some elements of social distancing and like let's eat outside more and all that sort of stuff that's going on but it doesn't seem like they ever shut down the same way that like california did right yeah and it also seems like they never had a you know they had the spike that everyone had at the beginning they had a second spike like everyone had but neither one of those ever elevated to the point where it was you know five alarm fire everyone (laughs) maryland is the epicenter or anything like that yeah um but you know it, it seems like if I'm home, if I was in Maryland this whole time, I would go to Royal Farms. I would have my mask with me mm-hmm. in case they asked me to put it on. But, you know, I'm living my day-to-day life with just like a mask in my pocket in case I need to wear it. Yeah, kind of. To go in someplace, you know? California is weird. And New York. And, like, I'm but... seeing, you know, people going out to, uh, you know, bars are closed or something like that. But, like, you know, I'm seeing people gathering together in groups and, you know, sitting by pools and nobody's wearing masks and everything like that. And I think in terms of California levels, I'm like... This is a really bad idea. Yeah. But. I would say if, if you are in Maryland, the Market Street Pub is open. Yeah. Only outdoor seating, though. They're, they're literally, you cannot go in, as far as I know, you cannot go into the restaurant. They come out to serve you. They bring you your drinks. They're doing live music outside. They worked with the town to shut down the street right next to the restaurant. Yeah. And now the serving area is the street that is closed for special events. It's just kind of a long special event now. California, one, we don't shut down streets for that. We just pack a sidewalk with as many tables as I can fit in front of my 40-foot wide yeah. table or my street front. Um, so I think you've identified a very important problem here. Number one, college kids. Number two, 30-year-old women who act like college kids. Number three, everyone who isn't taking it as seriously as they absolutely should. Well, and, and the other thing, too, that I'm thinking a lot about, just because I, I experienced this when I dropped you off the other day in Hollywood. Uh, I was driving down the street and it seemed like there was an 80% no mask situation going on in Hollywood. But now, and I would also say that of those 80%, 100% of them look to be tourists from somewhere else in the world yeah. that decided like, oh, it's really cheap to fly to LA right now. Let me go. Fuck this coronavirus thing. It's not real. And they get on the plane and they come out here and they get the new, virus and they go. this new group of people either brings the virus or takes the virus and brings it somewhere else. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, really interesting things that's going on with the anonymized cell phone data of showing like where groups of people have gathered and where they spread and how the virus is going. It's like a dumb version of contract tracing. It's yes. like the version of contract tracing we're allowed in America, which is uh, like Sturgis, for instance. The the Sturgis just had their big uh, annual bike rally and uh, motorcycle rally. I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want people like thinking little like. Yeah, you, you know, say streamers bike, on the end of you know like bing, I show bing. up with a I show up with a top only helmet and tights yeah. and I'm like oh, I'm in the wrong place. All right, <laughs> come rolling in on your scooter like oh I am outclassed here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean you know that just happened a week ago or something like that, and there's already uh, or two weeks ago I can't re- quite remember. Time is it, it means a nothing. mystery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
it, but you, you can see where, you know, all of a sudden there wasn't a lot of cases in South Dakota. And then all of a sudden there's a lot of cases in South Dakota right after this happened. Mm-hmm. And there's also a surge in cases where people were coming from mm-hmm. with their bikes and stuff like that. So I, you also, go to Sturgis from Florida and now you're bringing it back to Florida. And now a bunch of people in Florida are getting sick. Small town in Iowa, which is not where it is, but I just can't remember the state. Mm-hmm. That happens to be one day's motorcycle ride away from Sturgis. Gets an outbreak. Well... That's because everybody went to the Days Inn in this little small town. Yeah. And they had picked it up in Sturgis. They dropped it off on their way through, back going back home. They went to a restaurant. They stayed in the hotel. And then hotel staff gets infected. Restaurant staff gets infected. They take it to their families. And this is how pandemics work. Well, and the, a similar thing was, was uh, I was reading about this in terms of Vegas. Like, one of the hotels had 400 cases in, like, one weekend, right? Yeah. So... You know, I don't want to pick a random hotel. So let's just say Las Vegas Casino, right? Yeah. You go there and there's 400 sick people. There's only, you know, 3,000 people there. So there's a good number of... It's not like you're running into one out of every 100 people has the virus kind yeah. of thing. And, you know, if you're taking precautions, you're limiting your ability to get sick. But it's not a 100%. You know, it's it's the condom. It's a 99.9% effective. If everyone yeah. uses it 100% properly, there's going to be mistakes. Yes, but... We can limit this. But if, you know, if you just tie the condom around your dick and not actually put it on, then not you're, you're not doing it the way that it's supposed to be done. And if, that you're, jerk? if you're wearing your mask around your neck like it's a beard protector, then it is not protecting you from the virus. You yeah, know, the jerk at the end of the table blowing on the dice. <laughs> and then you don't think. <laughs> yeah. You grab the dice and you roll. And now. Enjoy. Well, I mean, the, the you know, in, the, there's two other things here that I think are helping with the surge falling. One of the bad things, uh, one of the bad elements that is leading to this, I think, is that there isn't as much spending power in mm-hmm. America right now, especially with people who were using the uh, enhanced unemployment benefits. Uh, if you are going from making $700 a week on your unemployment to making $100 a week, you're not thinking as much about, you know, like, oh, can I buy this little trinket that I, I could, you know, like you're thinking about how do I afford to not get thrown out of my apartment right now? Or if, how do I, I eat or afford I my medical well, care? Just based on the people I see on Facebook, mm. those of uh, us like myself who are upper management somewhere and who are working are also generally the ones who are like, hey, I still have a paycheck coming in and that's great. I'm also very scared of getting the virus. I'm not going to go out. So yeah. you get a mix of like. Yes, there are the the people who are maybe still going to work, myself included, who have to go to the office. I think I'm already exposing myself enough going to the office. Yeah. I am not going to go out in my own life unless I absolutely have to. We're going to go grocery shopping and CBS run, and that's basically it. Well, and I mean, like, there's things that I genuinely like to do that I, I'm not doing right now. And there's a there's a push and pull a little bit. So, like, uh, some of my favorite things to do are go out to restaurants mm-hmm. and eat dinner. Or go to the movies. Oh, Two the things movies. that I just cannot under any circumstances do right now. Even if I felt comfortable enough to like go eat al fresco out on a sidewalk somewhere, I don't like, you know, it's not the same thing. And, you know, you're ordering food. We ordered tacos the other day. Mm-hmm. They were delicious for what they are, but you also have to recognize that it took me 15 minutes to get from where I picked up the tacos to bring them home. And in that 15 minutes, there was a degradation to the food quality that as, as opposed to if we just all ate tacos there, they would have been fries, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza. There's nothing that survives the trip from the restaurant home in the same condition. Right. It, it's, it's just not good. the same food as if you yeah. ate it there. Uh, you know, and I'm trying to uh, 
I'm trying to do little things that feel safe-ish that allow me some level of satisfaction or like being inside all day is like draining on my ability to understand to like I'm going stir crazy a little bit. So, you know, like I went to Nordstrom Rack not too long ago because I like looking around at the clothes and getting out. There was nobody there. I such was like a, one such of such a fancy boy. You are. <laughs> it was one of 15 people or something in the mm. store. It felt safe. I was like in and out. It's a large space too. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's like an airplane hangar as opposed to like a small condensed store, a boutique. If you, yeah. Will. So, I mean like all those things f- made me feel more comfortable, but like you, you have to, you have to sort of <laughs> at some point you got to get out of your house. You yeah. have to do something. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, like do this forever kind of thing. It's just going to impact your well, well-being. I think the things that's scariest of all this is the number of people who are okay with 170,000 dead. Yeah. That's uh, really, really uh, stressful for me. Well, I mean, the the thing that always comes back to me is that it's not like this elsewhere in the world. And that's really the, the like, I get that there are differences between Japan and the United States or something like that. But if you look at how Japan has handled the virus remarkably well they barely their economy barely had a moment where it's you know like they they had a shutdown at one point if i remember correctly it was three weeks or something like that yeah they got shit under control and then they were like on top of testing and contact tracing and where have you been and who have you been exposed to and we got to tell those people and stuff like that and when you hear about case, you know, like a, a huge spike in another country and you're just like, oh, my God, Japan must have 8000 cases today or something like that. It's like, no, they had 12 cases. Yeah. And you're just like, that's a huge spike. And again, you know, there, there's a difference between a small island country where people are, you know, you can't travel to and stuff like well, that. What do you think the population of Japan is? Well, it's not 350 million not, people. But astounding to me. Yeah. A hundred million people. Right. But so it's like one third the size. And then still, though, you're comparing a breakout is 12, 20, yeah, yeah. 40 cases. And it's we're not a dealing, thousand deaths a day. I was going to say, I'm going to get your the first image back up again. Oh, where is it? Ah, the, with the curve. Yeah. I mean, this is an improvement. We're at 40,000 new cases a day. And that is an improvement over what it was before. Um. But I do want to. I want to give you a chance. I'm going to go back to the uh, to the other graphic as well that I yeah. had here, which is uh, the fact that uh, who thinks it's okay that we that 170 thousand people have died? Oh, uh, apparently Republicans. Uh, there was a there was a poll put out here. Uh, this is CBS, I believe. Am I reading? Yeah, yeah. CBS News. Uh, uh, whether or not the number of deaths are acceptable or not acceptable, based off of party affiliation uh democrats 10 percent acceptable for 177,000 deaths i also want to talk to that 10 of democrats wait who the fuck are you come on something tells me that some people still think somewhere in their mind like there's nothing that could have been done to stop it so therefore like some amount of people were gonna die and we're doing everything we can and we were behind the you know like we just got slammed and nobody else could have done this like even if biden was in it would have been a little bit better but you know like 30,000 people are going to die somehow. So, you know, so like 70 is not that bad. Right. You know, maybe they're rationalizing it somehow. Independence. Uh, it's a one to three split. 33% acceptable. 67% unacceptable. But then you get to the Republicans. 57% acceptable. 43% unacceptable. Uh, th- this is where I just don't. I, I don't really understand because it's it's. uh 
it's never acceptable. <laughs> that's the that's the problem. Like uh, I I can understand if you said that a certain number of people are going to die in car accidents where a wheel falls off the car and hits somebody. Yeah. Like ten people are going to die every year because this type of accident happens. I I don't know what the real number is on that, but like you know, a- act of God, force majeure, dumb fate. Whatever it is, let's make some it- people some people will die every single year, and there's nothing you can do about it. Maybe there's some rationale of this is what's happening in the United States, but to think that there wasn't anything that we could do better or that we can do right now that would improve things, like I keep thinking about me on set, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to if, if I follow the union guidelines that have been sort of put out as far as how often people are supposed to get tested on set and what the production's responsibility is for keeping people safe on set. I'm supposed to get tested three times a week Mm -hmm. because I deal with actors. I'm close to actors. So if I have to get tested three times a week and the actors have to get tested three times a week and a couple other people have to get tested three times a week, it means you have to have enough tests for all these people every single week and you have to have the the ability to get these tests turned around in a timely manner. Oh, I think they're encouraging the the fast test, right? The one that's like instantaneous. Yeah, but I mean like, you know, all all, all of these, all these things, like you can't, it seems like baseball can get tests and football and oh, you know like people people can keep people can buy these tests if they need to mm-hmm. but it's not out there as much as humanly possible and a month ago california was saying don't get tested yeah like if you do not show symptoms if you are not if you don't think that you've encountered somebody or you're not essential worker like a nurse or something like that and you need to get tested like save the test yeah save it for the people who really need it kind of thing uh you know, well, I mean, just, looking at that number again, if you know, forgetting about heart attacks or car accidents, if I had said a foreign invader has now invaded the United States. So real quick, Japan, uh, yeah. just because I mentioned it randomly and I didn't have the numbers off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but uh, 60,000 uh, was a number here. Total cases. Yeah. That's firm cases of the novel, co- uh, novel co- coronavirus. Uh a resurgence in Tokyo and other urban areas shows no sign of slowing. So this is a, same, a similar problem that a lot of the world is dealing with, where mm-hmm. city population bases, where people are on top of each other, and Tokyo especially. I don't Can't know do if anything. you know. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, uh, New York or Mumbai with <laughs> people are stacked yeah. on top of each other. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. But still, you know, 60,000 as opposed to where are we at the U.S. right now? 800,000? We're, yeah, <laughs> we're at 45,000 a day. Yeah. That we're almost hitting them every single day. Yeah. But again, hey, looking at the number that we had just showed with 57% acceptable, 43% non acceptable. If I told you that uh, a foreign invader had invaded American shores and because we were so unprepared, our losses are at 170,000. Yeah. And we're just throwing bodies at the problem to slow the invasion. I would expect a 57 to 43% break where it's like, well, why weren't we more prepared? Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's. There's someone invading. I understand. We we're gonna take some losses, and uh, that's acceptable to defend a country. We're talking about a virus. Yeah. That very clearly at the beginning. Again, we can look at New Zealand. We can look at Japan for what it's worth. South Korea for what it's worth. Other countries and just say they were able to do something about this. Why were we not able to? How can you, in your right mind, say? 170,000 dead is an acceptable amount in that situation. Everything's controllable on our part. And yeah. still, I, and to be honest, I, we're, we're uh, going to move into like the conventions and stuff like that right now. But uh, I, I, 
I think that what America has really missed in this whole thing is the the kind of national dad thing that usually happens yeah. when when we're all in a horrible situation together, whether it's nine eleven or some sort of war or that there used to be the like presidential address from the from the Oval Office or the Rose Garden, depending on how the news what what type of news it was. Yeah. Um there's been none of it. it it's it's uh you can't trust Cuomo because he doesn't know what he's talking about and you know he killed a bunch of people in nursing homes and stuff like that and it's like well <laughs> you know like not everyone's going to be perfect on this i under like the, I, I think everyone's factored in there's going to be some some uh the broken eggs in this omelet kind yeah. of thing but yeah. you know it, it's there's one thing if you're trying to do your best as opposed to criticizing how other people are doing it and not having anything to say about it yourself. That's the problem. Well, so many of these of these Republicans who I hear talking about it are sort of like, you know, like, well, it's the Democrats who are holding this hostage and making this a big deal. And it's like, no, like, fuck it, do something. Just at the very least, come up with another, like, reason why this is happening. Like, if you said this is all happening because you know, prayer is out of America or something like that. That's why coronavirus is spreading. You're crazy, but okay. Show me some stats. Show me some science that shows me this. Mm -hmm. And if I can, if, if there seems to be a, a direct correlation, then I will believe you, but you're going to have to beat the scientists who have been able to figure out the six feet and how far droplets projectile, mm -hmm. you know, all these sort of things. Why mask that, work? Yeah, like uh, that seem very well founded yeah. in a scientific basis. So, I mean, like it could be something completely ridiculous and you're willing to make that the hill you die on. But unless it is more responsible than what is out there right now or more assurance of us getting out of the situation that I, I don't I don't know what to say. Well, I got two things for you, Corey. One, if you thought we hadn't heard from the president enough, we're about to hear from him a lot. <laughs> uh, four times over the next few days uh, as he speaks during the convention. Speaking during a political rally, not to the American people about their problem. Right. If there's anything more Trump, I don't know what it is. But we'll get to that. I think the bigger problem you have is that you're expecting more of people than they are able to give you. Uh, and I think that is why we really need to talk about, we haven't talked about it before, but we really need to talk about QAnon, what it is and why it is impacting life so much right now. Yeah. And you know, there've been many, I think we've made sort of passing references to QAnon at jokes at points. Mostly. Yeah. Uh, you know, Oh, Trump retweeted some QAnon thing, blah, blah, blah at some point or another during the course of the podcast. But I've really... Uh, specifically not wanted to talk about it because I didn't want it to make it seem like it was a legitimate political <laughs> argument that should be made. Uh, uh, spoiler alert. It's still not. Yeah, it's still not. But I mean, like we, we can we can uh, at this point, people who are associating with QAnon are getting elected to uh, are winning uh, surefire house seats and stuff like that. There's one in Georgia. There's one in Florida. That places where they haven't elected a Democrat in decades, you know, so it's one of those a couple of these people are going to become congressmen mm -hmm. and you can argue that Trump is not doing anything to uh, persuade these people differently that mm -hmm. this is ridiculous because it helps him in some sort of way. I don't get necessarily why, but it helps him to. Uh, be <laughs> this person, but anywho. Well, no, it's the chaos, though. That's why it helps him. Because his people will always be his people. And if he can cause chaos with everyone else, 
And he well, keeps I mean, his like, people. If, if it makes it seem... It, uh, so here's how it benefits Trump, I guess. Is that if it looks like he is the sole person who's fighting up against this evil stream of, like, leftist aggression from every single form of the world, then it... it helps this theory that he's like this outsider who's come to break down the yeah. the broken machine kind of thing. But it's what we call fasc- fascism, Corey. It's where we have a cult of personality built around a person. And I mean, like this is the type of stuff that used to happen with like North Korean propaganda and stuff like that, where it's like yeah. great leader killed a bear that was trying to eat a baby. Like he teared the, he grabbed the bear by the two sides of the mouth and he tore the bear in half. And Ripped it in <laughs> half. <laughs> That's the, how strong he is. The strongest man in all of North Korea was standing there and going, oh, man, I couldn't do something like that. And don't forget, like, he rode up on a horse yeah. without a shirt and then jumped off. Multiple horses. He had a foot on each horse. And he was just going. And then he jumped <laughs> off, ripped a bear in half, yeah. gave a wink to the strongest man who was like, I couldn't even do that. <laughs> yeah. Jumped directly from the ground back on top of both of the horses. <laughs> several several fertile maidens fainted at the moment <laughs> and became pregnant by the way yeah they, they just at the, at the at glimpse the of him tearing the bear in half it was all it took there's new there's new children they're not part of the line of succession obviously because there right. wasn't a actual like thing no. going on there yeah. but you know yeah. um <laughs> QAnon is uh mm. i made a i made a uh a reference to my own life when we were talking about this pre-show spoiler, which Corey is, is the, the source of all this. Yeah, I started it apparently. <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, a little kid, like four five, six, seven years old, and I wanted to be involved in conversations that I knew nothing about, I would just make up things. And I would say like, you know, like, well, you know that this is because Texas has a law that makes that illegal. And then my dad would look at me and he'd be like, you don't know anything about what you're talking about. You're just making things up at the moment. And I said, no, no, no. I read it somewhere. Which is always the way you get around. I don't, I don't know how to point myself to the correct. Which is the same thing that happens on Facebook, where it's like, oh, I saw it, I saw it somewhere that yeah, that yeah. Hillary Clinton has death camps and and the but upper. I, I love the idea of seven year old Corey yeah. arguing with his dad about. I read it somewhere. What do you read that <laughs> I don't read first? <laughs> Come on now. What do you have a subscription to the Economist or something like that? You get out of here, idiot. See, now we'd no. probably say something about the liberal rags that your <laughs> seven-year-old <laughs> subscribe to. I mean, nowadays, the seven-year-olds can watch YouTube. That, I didn't true. have those options back then. I, was, <laughs> I didn't have the internet or anything. I just had to go to a library if I wanted to learn things. Yeah, Dad, I uh, I picked up the Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't know if you've heard of it. and <laughs> I found it in there. It. It's in there somewhere. I don't remember exactly where because I read the whole thing, and I can't tell you what page exactly it was on, but I Maybe read it. Maybe you should go do some research, Dad. <laughs> uh but the other thing I used to do as a child, because I like within me, the, I think the part of me that makes me a writer and makes me want to like create movies and stuff like that is the idea that there's like good and evil in the world and there's good people fighting the evil that's happening. And as a child, I would say like, oh, I like Coke. I don't like Pepsi. So therefore, Coke is good. And the CEO of Pepsi is like basically a Bond villain. And like, you know, somewhere he he's like in a in a. uh a lightning filled uh, boardroom like you know where the lightning's going on if outside it's just like we need to figure out how to kill as many people with our Pepsi as possible and the board is like no don't do it that's 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 wrong it's wrong to kill people and he's like I don't care 
And then he like releases the poison Pepsi. And then I'll come up with these like elaborate stories about like, well, what you don't know is that the guy who, who works for Coke is the real freedom fighter in this whole thing. And he's trying to bring down the evil Pepsi empire. So are like, you saying that you wrote Hunters decades before it was actually written? <laughs> All I'm saying is that this is the type of when I didn't have the ability to create logical arguments for why I felt the things I did, I would come up with things. Mm -hmm. And this is this I don't think is uncommon for children like young children who are trying to understand how things work, but don't get like. They don't have the experience of many years of seeing how it works to you like see put it together. Yeah. And you're building a movie. You're like, okay, so right. if he's good, then there's got to be a bad guy. And the bad guy's got to do this stuff. But the problem is that if your whole QAnon conspiracy theory is like Hillary Clinton and Huma Abedin are in some DC hotel ripping the skulls off children and drinking the elixir that's inside their brains. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Now, wait, 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 wait. I got to defend. It's a compelling story. I I defend this particular one because as you well know, I've kept my youthful appearance by finding every baby baby I can (laughs) and breathing in their life force. Yeah, yeah. I don't eat the head. Eating the head's not necessary. See, apparently, apparently the the good stuff is inside the brain. I, I... you just gotta I, breathe deep. You breathe it in. I'm a I feel like at some point vampire. inside of the history of the world, we've we've done an autopsy on like a child, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we can see whether or not the we can we can identify that that liquidous goo that's inside of them that yes. uh, allows for uh, youth and vitality. Yeah, a- aging, ageless wonders and yeah. stuff like that. I, and I, again, I breathe that energy in, and that's how I stay so young and supple. Yeah, you you don't you don't have to you, you've gotten past the cracking open of the heads and stuff like that. But like uh, really don't uh, here's my warning to you about QAnon. Don't dig too deep because it, it, you should dig deep enough to get to the point where you say, "Okay, that's fucking ridiculous." And then you should walk away because <laughs> you, it only gets worse from there. It only gets worse <laughs> from there. And the problem is that uh we kind of talked about it in terms of like Scientology or NRA and Scientology not too long ago, but science uh, QAnon is kind of like Scientology for like hillbillies in a way. Like it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, free. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay for it. But like the 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 if you ever talk to a Scientologist about like you know like oh I, I think I'm I'm dealing with some depression. I, I I'm really uh, like I just can't get out of my own head and stuff like that. Scientology like, can fix that. Well, no, it's like well that's not real. Depression's not real. You. You need auditing to get the depression to get what you think is depression out of you because right. it's really just a ghost and or a, a soul inside soul of you in that needs head. to be removed. That and, Lord Zeno. Uh. Yeah, and like you start listening to that, and if you're a normal person who's just encountering a Scientologist, you're just like, "That's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's but, not a logical. But if you're in, it's, if that, you're the problem depressed. is if you're QAnon. If I think a lot of people get into QAnon with like some little tiny thing. Like it starts with the like, you know, Hillary Clinton was secretly, you know, helped Benghazi happen. Like she called somebody who orchestrated the whole plot, and You're like okay. it's a okay. Okay. it's a it's a false flag thing that's going on. And she, you know, like the reason why there's so many investigations is because clearly something's wrong, and they they need to figure out the bottom of it. But like I believe that you got me. Yeah, but you get that one thing right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you slowly build upon it, where it's like. You know, Hillary Clinton keeps childhood sex slaves in her basement. And it's well, just she's like not screwing her husband. So that makes sense. Well, and then you say to yourself like, well, I mean, like, I guess it has to make sense because, 
you know, where are all these children going? They have to go someplace mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. nobody would ever think they're at Hillary Clinton's place. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the, the guy behind QAnon, the, the anonymous Q who posts these things on 4chan and 8chan AKA and stuff Corey like that. Baker. <laughs> I should just take credit for it. Just do just, it. Why not? Just be like, hey, yeah, I'm QAnon, by the way. I've just been fucking around. And then make unveil the real Q. He's like, he's not Q. I'm Q. Ha! Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> also, though, you have the opportunity Welcome to Welcome like, to the conversation, Tony Richardson. Like, uh, I'm really Q. And <laughs> I was joking about all of this stuff. I was just throwing movie ideas out there, and you guys ran Dude, I that. get high on peyote, and I just write on <laughs> HN. I don't know what the fuck happens. All right, thanks, Joe Rogan. All right. <laughs> the uh, But it, it's so, like... I, I want it to be known for anybody who is now just getting into the idea that QAnon is out there and and, yeah. and is influencing our policy in, in ways that are shocking and unbelievable. The best thing to do is just tell people that this is fucking ridiculous and explain to them why. And it won't work. It won't work. No. But at some point, there will be a, a sunshine on the other side of this where people will be like, Wow, I was fucking crazy for a while there. Mm-hmm. The people who are, they might not say that they're out loud. They're never going to admit yeah. that to you, no, but they're going to have that moment. I mean, like, I think there's a lot of Tea Party people right now who are like, I like the idea of what, I mean, like, the Tea Party when it first started wasn't like a stupid, horrible idea. It was like, no. let's get less money into the federalized government. But then the Cokes took it, over and. Well, yeah. And then, nuts. but then it started going like a little bit too crazy. And once they started getting like, you know, elected into Congress and stuff like that, it was it was a little bit too late at that point to like stop it. But I feel like if you talk to somebody who was like a Tea Party loyalist at the time, they've probably like moved slightly away from some of the crazier Tea Party things, kept the the base level of it. But now they're in the ecosystem where the QAnon stuff is going to proliferate. So if you are a Tea Party person, you are watching Fox News, you're reading Breitbart, you're what, who's you're doing dude, any of these like dude who got punched in the face and I Richard Spencer? Yes. Yeah. It, you've lost Richard Spencer. Yeah. You've lost the far right because yeah. he's like, listen, I fully believe that Hitler is going to be reborn in the body of a new child and the whites are going to take over the world. But this shit is too crazy yeah. for me. And I'm, I'm out. I it's over. And then we We've reached this point that you lost Richard Spencer. The worst part, I think, is that at the end, people want some sort of rationale for the the upper echelons of a system where rich and powerful people have influence above normal people. Uh, If you live in Kentucky, you're just some person. You just you're not politically connected or anything like that. Call Mitch McConnell and see how quickly uh, they no. get on the issue that you call them about. No. If I say, hey, Mitch McConnell, I have a million dollars I want to give you. I have lunch with him the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, that, it's not tough. Like, and if you're Jeff Bezos or any rich connected person who's able to spend money freely on political. Remember the rice example we used a couple right. weeks ago? Who's like, take oh, one grain t- of rice away from Bezos's incredible pile yeah. and you give it to Mitch McConnell. And now Mitch McConnell is in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And if you call him and say, hey, there's this new you know, tax that's 50% on people who make over a billion dollars. I'm not down not for that. that. Not a fan of that. Yeah. You, you have influence, but it literally everyone else in Kentucky could call Mitch McConnell and say, I don't want this, but if there's enough money involved in doing it, then it'll happen. 
Well, and but I, like it, 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 it's not like a, a cabal of Ellen DeGeneres and Tom Hanks and Hillary Clinton and you know like Adam Schiff has a hotel room in the in the W Hotel where he's putting children in acid and shit like that. Like that's just not number one. You cannot uh, try and get twenty people get uh, twenty people in a room and try and get them to do something. Yeah, like this is something that film people have been dealing with forever. <laughs> like oh, the idea of like we're hiring protesters to go out and 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 like act out in front of crowds and stuff like that. Like try and get twenty people who are there to work, there to act, yeah. there to be people in the background to do background work. Yeah. it is fucking yeah. impossible. It is like herding cats. And it is the worst, and it is impossible to do. If you work at a a, a medium sized company, yeah, and you're trying to tell all your people, hey, by the way, uh, uh, there's no more hats. We're not allowed to wear hats at the office because uh, some reason. Yeah, th- th- there's a problem with hats. Uh, it's unprofessional. We we want to have a more professional appeal, so no more hats. And then you would get, you know, 17 of the 20 people who would be like, oh, okay, sure, I guess no hats. And then you get three people who fucking fight you every single day. It's just guy, like, this isn't a hat. This is a sombrero. And it's just like. Guy who never wore a hat before yeah. ever wears a hat because you're not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. Like, bro, you don't never wear a hat. I didn't think you were going to be a problem. But no, you're not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm not going to follow your fucking rules. Like, okay. All right. Do I really need to get the boss in here and tell him, have him sit you down and say, like, please don't wear a fucking hat? Yeah. Like what the problem is that like so much of this ideal of like this, you know, cabal of people who are involved in upper reaches of child pornography and murder trafficking and yeah. murder and all this sort of stuff. Like it's just reaching you at your base. Le- if I told you there was a story like I knew a guy, I have a story about some guy who murdered and sexually assaulted children. You'd be like, I hope the story ends with him being in jail and dead. Yep. Nope. <laughs> He's powerful. No. No, he's a congressman. Yeah. And you'd be like, no, how could that happen? It's like, because they think he's great, you know? Because well, uh, you, he's exactly, Joe Biden. You're exactly right. That it, So, like, listen, uh, I am a conspiracy nut. I love conspiracies. <laughs> Connoisseur, I, if you will. I, I, I acknowledge the fact that most of the things are not true. Yeah. I enjoy learning enough about it that I can argue both sides depending on who I stumble upon. <laughs> so it's like, what? You think 9-11 was planes? Oh, buddy, let me tell you how it wasn't planes. But then I get the other guy who's like, Do you know what temperature jet fuel burns? Right, at? yeah. And, but then I get the other guy, and I'm just like, Well, no, but you understand that that camera's moving at at six frames uh, or uh, at twenty frames a minute. So a plane moving at four hundred miles an hour would only be caught on two frames. Right. So it's logical that it it only catches two frames of it. I can argue both sides of it, but you're right in that something gets you in. And yeah. I have noticed this save the children thing is drawing a lot of people in. Yeah. Someone realized like, this is how we get people in. If you even talk to people who recognize that they're like, Hey, yeah, this QAnon, uh, this save the children thing is real. We need to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. But what about the, you know, drinking blood or just, you know, dissolving bodies in acid in a hotel room? No, 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 that, that's too much. But this part of it's true. You don't get to pick and tr- choose which part of the conspiracy. Well, you not believe. only that, like the 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 thing that fascinates me the most is if I was, say, we had a, a sports gambling show, right? Sure. And every week we talked about like here's the lines and here's where you should bet and stuff like that. If every single week I was wrong, I was really <laughs> fucking wrong. Yes. 
Uh, and every week, regardless, you know, I, I had 10 picks last week and I was 0 for 10, mm-hmm. but I come in the next episode and I'm just like, man, people who listen to my advice, they really won this weekend. Oh, man. Nope. I came back from Vegas with my picks and a million dollars in my pocket. I'm reinvesting it this week. My first pick, Orioles to win the World Series. Totally not a ridiculous thing. You should do it. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, like whatever, whatever stupid thing that's going to blow up in my face is. But QAnon has, uh, the, the, the guy Q has apparently had, you know, like Hillary Clinton is going to be arrested in the second week of October. Yeah. And like, then not, the problem is that when it doesn't happen, when Hillary Clinton is actually walking among us and stuff like that, like people will make up like, oh, no, she was. What you don't know is that oh, this is a Hillary doppelganger. Oh, this yeah, is a yeah. this is somebody in a to make up the appearance that Hillary's still out there, but she's doing evil things from behind the prison cell that Trump put her in. And there was like a the Mueller report is going to expose all the yeah like the reason why Trump hasn't fired Mueller is because he's really working on bringing down all these like mm. hacked hack child molesters all over Hollywood and uh, the government and stuff like that. Like using your gambling example though, like, yeah, if you go Oh, for 10, yeah. nine weeks in a row and then you go one for 10 yeah. in week 10, it doesn't make you more reliable on week 11. The and that's one, what we're dealing with. The one for 10 isn't even happening though. This guy is wrong all the fucking time. Like he's never right. And th- th- everything is so cryptic that it's like that you, it, it, and believe me, I haven't spent time, breaking down every single one of his he's occasionally eight right. can eight chan things but like it's like uh, jesus christ like uh, hey turns out there was a pedophile ring with a jet taking girls to an island not necessarily the people you think are involved uh this is not a democratic cabal this I, was a powerful billionaire but yeah and you know trump was on that plane Epstein, trump's on that plane too yeah Dershowitz was. was on that plane prince andrew was on that plane clinton was on that plane everyone regardless of your political party i imagine like, though that by the way you know not to not to just wildly postulate here but i imagine if we made a list of presidents who've slept with somebody who's underage trump would probably be way the fuck up on their yeah. on that list well, there were also, probably there were probably presidents who were sleeping with sixteen year olds when it was still appropriate to do so, yeah. and Trump has more on his fucking bedpost than them. You know, I just I, using that example. I just imagine that Q makes this whole thing. Whoever he, I mean, Corey, it's clearly yeah. You, I mean, so uh, I'm just gonna uh, tell you. And then you this is the reason this, why I didn't want to talk about it so much. <laughs> you make this crazy claim about a Lolita Express and a plane that goes to an island, and then you're like the Jesse and Ep- Jeffrey Epstein story breaks, and you're like, a what? There was. <laughs> Hey, I got one. <laughs> but you're just making shit up. Yeah. And then eventually one thing hits. And I'm not going to say that's the thing. But, it, you know, he's been right, kind of right, occasionally. And everyone's like, well, see, there's the thing. I'm like, yeah, but he's wrong a lot. Like all well, the time. He's not wrong. It's not really Hillary. Hillary's in jail. And, yeah. it's, and it's like, oh, now you're just making excuses on why he's right. Like, that's that's not the same thing. So it, if you if you encounter somebody, just how about this? Because you're not going to be able to, like, convince them that they're mm-hmm. wrong. Why don't you just uh, say to them, uh, I would like you to help back up this this with credible information. Like, I am ready to spread this far and wide. This because sounds the, amazing. Because the problem is that, like. You know, most pedophiles and stuff like that operate within their own lockdown environment. Like, yeah. you know, there's there's many stories of pedophiles in Hollywood and stuff like that who have these lavish parties like the Great Gatsby and, yep. you know, some 15-year-old sneak in because they're like, oh, it's a Hollywood party up in the hills. And then, you know, these awful people, these awful pedophiles, like, 
find a way to, you know, shepherd them away to a bedroom and do unspeakable things and stuff like that. I can make you famous. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll put you in my movie and stuff like that. Like we're definitely, by the way, it didn't make the rundown on this one, but we are going to be talking about Ron Meyer at some point. Yeah. And that whole story as that one develops a little bit, but trust me, you're going to want to tune in for that. Um, but don't try. Lo- I think my overarching message is don't try logic. I always just go with the, okay, I'm with you. Where can I find more information so I can spread this around? Yeah. And then try to get them to see that, like, QAnon post daily isn't the most reliable source. And right. I, I'm not expecting CNN. Can you give me literally anything that's But, not- I mean, like, the problem is that, like, a lot of these things, too, aren't going to be, like, the, the response will be, I can't prove to you, you just have to, like, sort of believe. Like, the idea that, like, Adam Schiff has children and fucking bats of acid in the, the W Hollywood. Yeah. It's just, like... I can tell you, like, as somebody who is close enough to the W Hollywood, <laughs> it's probably not happening. I, I, you know, like a point zero 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 one percent chance that it's actually happening. Like, but can you but, tell me one hundred percent certain but that can, it's not? Can I assure you that it's not? No, because you know, like, and this is the problem. Like, it's just going to lead to the, the people are taking advantage of these people. First of all, yeah, and then second of all. It's just going to lead to more ridiculous nonsense like the Pizzagates. This is just an extension of like what was happening at Pizzagate. Yep. Where the Clintons had some, you know, like, you know, ch- children stashed away in the bottom of this like random pizza, pizza shop. Yeah. Yeah. And then some guy comes in with a gun and says, show me the children. And like, you know, there, there's plenty of incidents where this has turned into violence and murder. And like that's. Actual people are losing their lives over this nonsense. So I can tell you one thing with 100 percent certainty there, Corey. Yeah. The GOP, whose convention is underway right now, mm-hmm. does not have a political party platform. Yeah, that's uh, true. For maybe the first time since the golden age. And by that, I mean the first time since a party didn't exist anymore uh, in the early 1800s, there was one party because the other party, which I want to say is the Whig party at that time, mm-hmm. just was like, eh, we're not even going to hold a convention, guys. We're not going to put, if you want to run for Congress as a Whig, that's great. We don't have a presidential mm-hmm. candidate. And I've put up next to me over here the GOP party platform. And I'm realizing now it's so tiny that you can't read it. And it looks kind of like a platform. Yeah. But it's not a platform. What it says is we back the president of the United States. And we are essentially going to roll over the 2016 platform, not make a new one, just 2016 all over again. And that begs the question for me, if 2016 was, hey, we're going to make America great again, and 2020 is, we've done so much good work, we are absolutely on track to do it, why are we repeating the 2016 platform again? I don't know. But that is what the Republicans have chosen to do. And the Democrats, listen, I'm not going to say the Democrats have done a fantastic job. They, They didn't. I didn't like the platform that came out. Yeah. But... I'm an extreme leftist, so of course I don't I mean, like that they want more progressive. It's, it's more leftist than it's ever been ever yes. in the history of the Democratic Party. It's also more centrist than it's ever been in the history of the Democratic Party. Yes, they're so picking I, and choosing topics instead of making a progressive agenda. Yes, but I I would argue that uh, at the very least they are making a effort towards the most important parts aspects of the left uh, that are. The talking points right now and unlike- Ra- racial equality, uh, police injustice, like uh, climate change, uh, Green New Deal, healthcare, um, f- Medicare for all. All these sorts of things are way more important to the to the party platform now than they were when Bernie ran four years sure. ago. 
And and I'm not a QAnon believer. I'm also not of the belief that Joe Biden, after 50 years in political po- policy making, is all of a sudden going to become a progressive and change everything. Or a socialist, as he's been accused of all yeah. night on the... I, I mean, I think that he is far more likely to take us back to Bush yeah. than he even is to take us back to Obama. Because I have a feeling he's going to overassert himself to the center and be like, well... Trump's so far right. We need to just bring the country back from that. And that's a compromise that I'm not willing to make. But nonetheless, I'm it's I'm a platform will, though. I'm willing to have I'm willing to uh to handle that situation after Joe Biden is elected president. I will I I have never before been of the mind that you should just vote for somebody because it will it's better than the alternative. Yeah. But uh, but uh number one there is no better alternative. I, I'm, I'm not saying this as somebody who like hates on third party candidates or stuff. I voted the last couple elections for third party candidates. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is not somebody who has a chance of getting enough votes to possibly make any kind of dent in what is going on right here. So let's not worry about them so much. It really is a conversation at this point in time about Trump and Biden. And we can hopefully change that in the future and get more more candidates in the field and stuff like that. But right now these are our choices. And one of them is not an actual choice because it is uh, the clown show that is happening on the GOP side is ridiculous. And you know what? Conventions. I've never really been much of a convention person because you watch more than I have, but yeah, neither of us has been like, let's watch the party to celebrate the party yeah i mean like you know i i i will usually i i have a thing about wanting to watch the uh acceptance speeches because i like those are usually the what everything's building towards uh but you know the democrats did a very nice job this past week with their with their uh convention and it highlighted why you know joe biden can be trusted and like why he why he's doing this and all that sort of stuff it it did the best job possible of putting joe in the most favorable light which is what you're supposed to be doing with these events that's the goal uh make him look as good as possible it and all of it was framed in like so the the big winning moment of the non known political speakers is there was a uh young boy named brayden who was dealing with stuttering mm-hmm. And uh, Joe Biden, who famously uh, dealt with a stutter when he was young, uh, talked to him and told him about some poetry that he used and how he broke down words to help him and stuff like that. And then he gave a speech at the DNC where he did stutter from time to time. But, you know, you could see him working through this problem to try and like, you know, overcome it. Yeah. And, you know, he says that, you know, this experience has been great and he wants to help other people with their stutters. So, I mean, like, this is one of those things that you can show where you show Joe Biden, like taking time out to help a child with something that is relevant to him. You Does know, it make like, him a better president. No, but it no. makes him look human. And that's the whole point of the thing. Right. I mean, like the problem is that right now the GOP convention is happening or should I say Trump 2020 and RNC convention. <laughs> Yes. Uh, presented by the RNC. <laughs> presented by the RNC. Uh, the the problem is that this is all about dear leader going on on the other side, and the the radical Democrats who are out there to ruin the very fiber of American being and blah blah blah. I I know for sure at some point before we're done with this week, we're going to have some sort of ridiculous thing that has been said that is going to become the. I imagine every night is going to have some version of. Oh my God! Did you believe this guy said this? 
I haven't really seen like it seems like Matt Gates said that MS-13 is going to move in next door if Joe Biden becomes president. Yeah, somehow like, that's uh... you know those those kind of ridiculous claims that. I'd be more worried about the white nationalists moving in next door than the MS-13, but yeah. uh, apparently we have different fa- <laughs> different, different concerns we're worried about. Yeah, uh, but if you have any questions about where Corey and I lie uh, on our our support for president candidates and legitimate president candidates, make sure you check out No Brainer, uh, the new <laughs> song uh, by CB5 featuring Bobby MB and Cheek the Rapper. It's available now on YouTube and SoundCloud. Uh, you can find links in my uh, social media, but uh, it's a good one. I've never been so old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally every second I've never been so old, but specifically at that moment, that, that recorded moment, I've never been so old. I, uh, I am just glad I get to promote the thing that Corey is not a huge fan of. <laughs> On the podcast, that's amazing. So that's good. I don't know that you're not a huge fan of it. It just, um, I am not a professional song producer. Yeah. So there's only so much that we can do. So there's like two sides of this. Like, like I like the fact that you're getting into the idea of recording a little bit and that you want to like practice. And I realize that uh, early products are not going to be as good as the ones that will eventually come from this the work. Much better than the very first, the Roxanne right. and cover. This is way yeah, yeah. better than and, that. And, you know, I want to I support you in your creative endeavors like this. My problem, my personal problem, is that I have not been practicing my singing. <laughs> I have not been in uh, trying to uh, be in tip-top shape. And uh, when I re-recorded, because... God forbid you don't want to listen to the first one. I love the as first bad one. As, but... as bad as this one was, the first one was way worse. Uh, I, it spent me, I, I took all day warming up my voice. Mm-hmm. It was like 10 hours of singing all throughout the day just to get to the point where I felt like I could record this. And I still felt like kind of like out in the wind because so much is going into, like it's amazing when you're used to listening for effects that are put into music and like voices and stuff like that. Like yeah. I can be like, okay, at various points in time during the course of the vocal that they recorded for Justin Bieber, there's like 70 or 80 different effects that are being mm-hmm. used to perfectly orchestrate every, you know, and like, it's not like uh DJ Khaled is really back there, like mixing, no, like going no. like, Oh, we got to dial up the auto tune a little bit here. He bought the beat and now it's a DJ. Yeah, Khaled yeah, yeah. Beat. Right. However. But, however it works. But I yeah. mean like, you know, it, and not, I'm not trying to say Justin can't sing. Clearly he can sing, but there, there's a lot that's going on. It's like when you see a model on a on a Cosmo or something like that. It's like, yeah, she's a very beautiful woman. There's a lot going on. There. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, I just lot love, more than meets the eye that's happening in this picture. I love that the guy who complains so much yeah. about auto-tune in music sent me a message where he said, where's the auto-tune? I thought you were going <laughs> to auto-tune this thing. And I said, I did run the auto-tune. And he said, not enough. Run it again. Well, my point was that this is a song with auto-tune. So it's going to sound really weird if it's me trying to <laughs> hit these. Good. The other thing, too, is I uh, I kept not to be so inside baseball about this, but I kept trying to uh, uh, going like, oh, so there's a heavy auto tune effect here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to flatten this note a little bit so, so that it, like tunes the, the auto tune like picks mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I was breaking down the, the track. I was like going through the lyrics and I'm just like a little flat here, like hit this note a little bit less. Mm-hmm. I was like, the auto tune will pick me up. And then uh, I would listen to it and I'm like. None of that happened. <laughs> this is a very bad mistake on my part. Did not work as well as yeah. I thought. Uh, yeah, uh, here's, I, the, the here's the good news though. Uh, I'm going. I've written a song myself to mm-hmm. perform. Uh, I will again go through the process of breaking my voice so that it's capable of singing again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
after that, I will record it. And if it's worth it, then it'll be released. If it's not, then I think I'm retiring from singing for the time. And just by comparison, just so the guys know, uh, I walked in, opened the thing that I had written, I don't know, six weeks beforehand and said, all right, let's hit record. Took two takes, walked out of the studio. And I'm like, all right, who's up next? Uh, And however it ended up is how it goes out because it's the doing the thing that's important, not necessarily making it professional. Well, one day I'm going to teach you about how long long they take in the studio recording these things. I work in the music (laughs) business. I understand this. All right. So we have a lot to cover. So let's just roll through. I do want to mention there's a developing story in Wisconsin. Jacob Blake is the man that is, uh, you can see here to my right. Uh, Corey and I have both watched the video of the, his interaction with police. I don't know how they're going to try and justify this, but I don't see any justification of it. Uh, it's a developing story. I don't want Corey to give us a hot take that he regrets later. I know we're trying to avoid that, but we well, just have to touch on it because it just happened. Well, I mean, I think the I think the only thing from the video that you can see right now that would be part of a defense is the cops told him to stop and he didn't stop. Yeah. Which will be the, the logical thing that will come from people who are trying to dissect this in the, the next couple hours, I imagine. Over the next couple of days, while we're still yeah. waiting for information to to sort of break loose, but the problem is that, it, much like everything in the society, we want it so quick, but it's going to take a while for us to figure out what part of the story is real and what part of the story is not, and what yeah. part of the like what happened and how did this all get here. Uh, I think the the one thing I would like to leave people with who are trying to uh, determine where they are on this issue is that. Uh, there's almost no crime that he could have committed that would have been worthy of shooting him seven times in the back. Yeah. In front of his own children. Yeah. Um, and we're just going to have to not have this conversation. If, if you can't at least come to that, to that point, like, you know, if you, if you're Charlie Manson and you get arrested and then you go to trial mm-hmm. and you're found guilty, mm-hmm. And they say, we're sentencing you to death mm-hmm. uh, and assuming that, you know, he was allowed to go on with the death penalty like he wasn't he, he didn't luck out into being Commu- in California. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he actually went on to the death penalty. There would be some random person who would be the executioner in that case. Yep. It wouldn't it, you know, in the olden days, you'd wear a bag over your head so that people wouldn't be able to tell who you were. Yep. And you probably worked at the prison or something like that, or you might have been brought in so that you didn't have any kind of like... Now they have two doctors. They both flip a switch, so nobody knows which switch was actually connected to the machine. Right. And that way, nobody knows it's the state doing the killing. Right. Um, But they they don't bring Charlie Manson out in front of 15 cops and let them go wild on him. I mean, that's not... In front of his own children. That's never never part of the 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 argument like the, the the cops should and the problem is that the the warrior cop thing has become such a, a yeah. huge part of how these police departments run and how they train and stuff like that and it, it, talk to a cop who who will give you the the like you don't understand i'm under assault every day these dangerous people and i never know when this traffic stop is going to escalate are into you? somebody trying to shoot me and stuff like that are you though <clears throat> well i mean like the problem is that, like, you know, much like coronavirus, you know, this this kind of thinking can impact your mm-hmm. ability, how you take it. People in Maryland probably are, not, you know, don't, don't think about coronavirus as like a threat that could be around every corner because there's less cases there. Yeah. There's less like wear your mask everywhere you go. There's less like things that are closed and all that sort of stuff. Meanwhile, in L.A., 
or Florida or somewhere where it's really heavy, you're saying to yourself like, oh shit, I left, I left my apartment. I walked 10 steps out and I didn't have my mask on. I hope I don't have coronavirus. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like if the thought process that you go into being a police officer is there's dangerous criminals who are going to try and kill me at every corner, yep. then yes, you're going to be a little jumpy and you're going to shoot people. Maybe we shouldn't have them do that. Maybe we should have them open to the uh, possibility that not everyone is a hardened criminal criminal MS-13 gang member. Yeah. You know, like... Well, I, I just go back to... Again, we, we don't have all the facts, but I go back to the fact that there is a crime called resisting arrest. And the definition of that crime is literally you telling the cop, I've done nothing wrong, I'm not going to go with you, which is a crime. You cannot yeah. tell a cop, I've done nothing wrong, I'm not going with you. And from the looks of it, it looks as though he said... I tried to get in here and do a good Samaritan thing. I'm out. Yeah. And they said, stop moving. And he said, no, no, I'm going to get in the car and go. And then they shot him in front of his kids in the back. Uh, which, by the way, Deadwood, a town that was no, known to be lawless in Arizona territory, yeah. had only one thing, or two, sorry, two things that could get you executed. One, horse thievery. You steal a man's horse, you're going to jail. Clearly. And the other was murder. And the classification of murder was... To not meet a man face to face and allow him to draw on you. If you shoot him in the back, you get hung. So even in the most lawless place in the history of the United States, horse thievery and shooting a man in the back were the two things that could get you hung. Yeah. Uh, they grabbed this guy. By the way, also, I don't like chokeholds, but you couldn't chokehold the guy. You couldn't do anything else other than draw your gun and shoot him in the back of it. Well, I mean, the the other thing I I I don't understand necessarily about this situation, it just maybe police procedure in general. There's two cops that are following him with gun, guns drawn, right? Why can't the first cop, the one who shoots him, <laughs> yeah. be the one who is the I'm going to physically restrain you and put cuz you know, if if they just grabbed him by the shoulder and threw him to the ground and handcuffed him and dragged him away, then that's one thing. I mean, and we're I don't going to talk about, I that. don't appreciate the, the fact that you feel like you need to do that. But if he's legitimately resisting arrest, like mm. you were under arrest, hold on. Yeah. You were under arrest. And then he goes, fuck you guys. I'm not going mm -hmm. to an extent. This is not an optional conversation. If they, if they have, put, the constitution disagrees with you, but, but I'm saying sure. like, if, if they, if they, if there's no it, classically, if I said, am I under arrest? And they say, no, Bye. I can yep. walk away. If if you say, "Am I under arrest?" and they say yes, then I can't buy that situation. I have mm. to. I have to be in some way engaged in the the process process of said arrest, right? And that hopefully, uh, uh, yeah, I yeah. know. I know what you're saying, but I'm saying I like at at some point, you know, certain steps might need to be taken to escalate that situation. And while I wouldn't like the idea of somebody being thrown to the ground in said situation, that might be the most extreme version of what we would we would hope for in the future. And by the way, like, uh, he is alive, but thrown to the ground, arrested. Uh, he's not on life support, fighting for his life. Yeah, for something that. By the way, there I don't know what crime they're going to put on him. I'm, I'm certain he is going to be charged with something. Well, I you know what I you know what I know is probably in the books, and I don't know this guy's criminal history or anything like that. But yeah. if he has any criminal history, yeah, that's going to become the fucking story oh, because course, that's yeah. always the. He could be the good Samaritan who came in to break up a domestic violence situation that was happening in front of him and gets caught in this this mm -hmm. rodeo of you're the man. So clearly you're the one beating the, or whatever ends yeah. up happening here. Uh, but at the same time, 
it's just it's so fucking weird to me that like you know he got busted for pot 10 years ago or something like that that's hypothetically just yep. saying no. you know like that's, some that's random crime destroyed. and then it's just like well this hardened criminal who has multiple offenses on his record like yep. things that would be legal in other parts of the country and maybe are illegal here make him the hardened criminal that also might be legal in wisconsin now i, yeah, I don't I, know but I, he's carrying a, a gram and now you can carry two grams legally or uh get a civil citation instead yeah, of a yeah, criminal. Yeah. But he's a hardened criminal who carried drugs. You know well, I mean? he was like, arrested once for parking in a handicap spot. This awful human terrible being. being. He's a beast. I don't know why he <laughs> shouldn't be treated like a human. Anyway, so developing story, and we'll talk about that more when we know more. Uh, I just say, I want to establish right now, one, uh, the story, you're absolutely right, will be not what he did this yeah. time, but what he's done before. And two, I don't see what they're going to charge him with other than resisting arrest. And again, that the definition of that is the cop says, don't go anywhere. You've committed a crime. And you say, I've committed no crime. I'm not going with you. That is in and of itself a crime. So welcome to circle world where things don't make sense. And the points don't matter. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the hope is though, that in, in, su- in certain situations like this, I, you would probably have better information on this than I would. The last I heard of this, uh, the resisting arrest kind of goes away most times if there's not a felony that's going with it, depending on the situation. I mean, like, obviously, every situation is going to be different. No, but usually it's uh, that's what they use to arrest you and take you off the street. And then right. they drop it and you released and yeah. you walk away. Like, if, then- if they if they find that the thing that they were arresting you for is not going to hold up in court, mm-hmm. then the resisting arrest goes away with it. Yeah, but also they But say then also you-, you can't. I mean, there are situations, obviously, where people have. <laughs> gotten gotten hammered on the resisting arrest thing whether or not it and was... hey uh you'd like to get that expunged you have to sign this thing that waives all liability for the police department yeah so either you keep the arrest with no charge or expunge everything and waive your liability for the police yeah 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 yay hooray so uh you know in a world that's falling apart luckily surprisingly trump is a rock, a bastion of consistency. <laughs> Not in a good way, but at least he's consistent. His world Are you is on QAnonThoughts.com? Or what? His, uh, his world is essentially falling apart, as it has been for a long time. Uh, this week, somebody new arrested and serving time from his administration. Yeah, so uh, there will be a lot more on this story. I, we kind of wanted to just touch on it so that uh, people are aware that it's happening in case they didn't know. But uh, Steve Bannon, uh, former head of the Trump campaign, and then uh, for a brief period of time in the in the uh, White House, advisor to the president. Yeah, it, it was it was an unofficial official title. Yeah. It was like chief <laughs> chief election officer of the president. Or the, some some yeah. nonsense. But he was arrested or uh, arrested on allegedly uh, profiting off of a a. Uh, build the wall charity did they categorize it as a charity i don't even remember yeah no, i think it was a 501c3 they organized themselves as a charity so it it was supposed to be and by the way here's the thing if they had done what they said they were going to do all on the up and up yeah we don't like the build the wall thing but you can feel free to raise money to purchase land or to purchase the rights to build a private wall on land yeah that's totally fine not great, but it's legal. Within your legal rights. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But uh, uh, he went a little far. Yeah, well, I mean, the the uh, the siphoning off of money for personal benefit will get you every time. 
the government doesn't like that when you when you start a charity and you start taking hundreds of thousands of dollars on your own. We talked about this last week. He yeah. could have increased his salary as chairman of the nonprofit and made the travel somehow based on doing work for the well and you know it, uh, biden or uh, biden bannon <laughs> not biden not yes. biden not biden thanks bannon. q and right. steve bannon was not as biden who did it the whole time you could you could tell because of this one time that biden wore five shirts <laughs> uh it was, <laughs> i don't know uh the uh the thing about this whole thing is that, like, uh, Bannon is such a fucking weird character. Yeah. And he was a lawyer, wasn't he, at one point? I don't want to speak on that. Uh, I don't. Let me check. Go ahead. Okay. I I, I want to say that at, at one point in his in his Breitbart career, he was leaning a lot on, like, some league law degree that he had gotten at some point. But uh, that might not be accurate. So Rob will uh, pipe in with that. I, I just don't understand how... You think you can get away? Like he, he said, these charges are all fucked up and they're not real and everything like that. But you know, th- this seems pretty open and shut. Unless he makes some sort of argument of like, oh no, we bought this boat because it was going to help us build the wall. Like we were gonna we were gonna give it away at a fifty fifty raffle or something. Like you know, like there doesn't seem to be a lot of rationale for what is happening here specifically. So he worked for some legal companies, but he has an MA in uh business and an MBA. Oh, okay. But so. he's worked for like the Islamic Law Center, which isn't pro Islamic people. It's yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. people out. But uh yeah. So not actually So a maybe I was confused by his previous legal work. And or his work at legal companies. Paul Manafort apparently had some legal education. Okay, maybe that's where I where There's I got to so diverged. many of Trump's administration being arrested, Corey. I can understand how you might be confused between <laughs> the one guy who got arrested and the other guy who just got arrested. Check out the bingo card because uh, <laughs> at various places on the Internet, you'll see the the pictures of all the people who have been associated with Trump who've been arrested or <laughs> on a bingo card. Uh, in yeah. jail of some kind. Uh, the only person really close to uh, the president who isn't Trump or Pence mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't seem to be in any kind of legal trouble so far. It's been Kellyanne Conway. Mm, bit of a problem with her, though. But yeah, but she's stepping away, too. So uh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, Kellyanne pictured here to my right. Yeah, of course, you know who she is. You may not know who George Conway is, her husband. Uh, they are a political power couple. Um, <laughs> in a very weird way. In the spirit of um, who is Clinton's guy and his Republican wife? Oh, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, the the Cajun. Yeah, economy, uh, it's the economy, stupid, yeah. with the raging Cajun. <sighs> Fuck. Uh, bald head guy. Yeah, it'll, it'll come to me in yeah. a second. Nonetheless, so uh, there was a political uh, couple from the Clinton administration where the husband was a like centrist leftist who supported Clinton, and the wife was a uh, Republican... Uh, I think she worked for Bush at one point, or yeah, Reagan or something like, like that. Yeah, she was like a hitman, but not really a hitman, yeah. but she just like came in on campaigns. So... Kellyanne and Georgia are that, except for Kellyanne has gone to the Trump boat and George went to the never Trumper boat. And he is actually one of the founding members of the Lincoln Project, um, who is doing incredible work, by the way. Oh, yeah. And, and my, I mean, from my, our point of view, he's doing really good work. My buddy Ian uh, was in one of the commercials here recently uh, where he was in a coma in the hospital. Uh, and then he woke up and, you know, they were all Republicans, the whole family. Yeah. And they're, it's like, why are you all wearing masks? And that whole thing. It was pretty good. So go check that out. <laughs> uh, I mean, so 
Uh, I have uh, become James Carville, by the way. James Carville and his wife was Madeline or Ma- something with an M. Wasn't it Mary Madeline? No, Mary Madeline. It might have been Mary Madeline. I can't remember. Yeah. Nonetheless, <laughs> I'm trying to remember something that happened 30 years ago. <laughs> I've been drawn into this story because uh, in my day work, I work for a company and we are involved in TikTok and Kellyanne and George's daughter has become a bit of a celebrity on TikTok for being a very anti-Trump, but leftist, not like her dad, just very much like Black Lives Matter. Boy, has she. Yes. Uh, and so... There was a little bit of controversy over the weekend as she... Mary Matlin, yeah. Mary Matlin, that's what it is. Where she may have um, overstepped a bit and gone a little bit, in their minds, crazy. She may have lost it a bit. And because of that, both of them are going to be stepping and away. She and she served under Reagan, was campaign director for George H.W. Bush, was an assistant to President George W. Bush, and counselor to Vice President Dick Cheney. Yes. So that was that's her resume there. But, you know, she was basically helping the Bush versus Clinton campaign while Carville was on the, the Clinton campaign yeah, on the Clinton yeah. campaign. So kind of, um, kind of weird coming home every night after that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, just like it, we don't talk about work. We just can't talk about work <laughs> yeah. at all. That's it. Um, and I suppose that probably Kellyanne and George were much the same way. Like, yeah, I know how you feel about Trump. You know how I feel. Let's just leave it. And <laughs> maybe that could have been fine. Except for they have a 15 year old daughter with a TikTok account. Yeah. And, uh, she was causing a lot of tr- trouble. So I don't think either one of them said, has said, this is the reason, but they both well, they've said family. family. Yeah. They've both said family, family and, uh, that, you know, things are obviously very weird with, uh, what's going on with coronavirus and, uh, you know, kids be not being in school has changed a lot of things and blah, blah, blah. So we'll, we'll see. I, you know, I think that it's, uh, it's a little bit uh, there was a, a headline I saw not too long ago that I think crystallized my point pretty well, which is uh, it's kind of weird when Kellyanne steps away for family reasons, but doesn't care about all the families that she's affected by the decisions he's made. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. you know, like you have the luxury of being able to step away and try and get your 15 year old daughter in line. But there's a lot of people who don't have those kind of luxuries no. who are dealing with much more serious issues and uh, uh, maybe. uh Maybe she just needs to. <laughs> she won't. It doesn't. Uh, She's not yeah. going to consider her actions. Yeah, at all. I, I don't know. And I mean, in the end, though, it, it comes down to the fact that uh, I think she is the last remaining original member of Trump support. And we see this from presidents where they change out as they go into their second term, mm. usually. But usually they don't all end up in jail other than. Well, one. usually somebody somebody stands through the whole th- like going into the second Podesta term. with with Obama and stuff like that. Uh, you know, like there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people who were at the very beginning of Obama that made it all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people will leave once like it's sort of in lame duck territory. That's a classic time where. Yeah. Uh, somebody senior and official will leave the office to start working on. You Wait, know, if you if you've watched West Wing, on the board of a chair, <laughs> if you've watched West Wing, you see that they leave to go find the next great candidate yeah. to go run that campaign. Well, Josh does. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> others, others get resentful over being left, not being a part of the new thing. Uh, I was uh, about to say Sorkin, but that's not Sorkin. Anyway. Yeah. One last uh, one last thing. This one, week. Yeah. One last thing. And uh, uh, praise be to the person in new york who decided to make it a one-party consent state uh, because mary trump uh had a uh secretly recorded conversations with her and her aunt uh mary trump is the niece of Mm -hmm. president trump 
so, the aunt is the one who is uh, pictured here. That's um, uh, Donald, Donald Trump's older sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a federal court judge for a long time. Uh, it's Trump Barry, I think. I can't remember. It's, she married a Barry. Yeah, so but she definitely kept the Trump name because well, it's yeah, I mean, so like, well known in I mean, New York. You can't uh, can't get anywhere without the Trump name. If it's Maybe regretting that now. <laughs> but you have to uh, uh, get into this a little bit because it, the things that she says about Trump are are just incredible. The the cruelness and the the uh, you know how petty and and awful he is, and he's never been like this, and uh, he's always been awful. But this is particularly. <laughs> I I, like, I saw some excerpts of it, and I thought immediately about. Ted Bundy's brother talking about him mm-hmm. and being like, as soon as I saw his writing, I knew it was him. And like, he was always a loner and he always had these crazy ideas, but, uh, this is a new level. Like, it, yeah. I always sensed he was kind of a sociopath, but to kill people with bombs. And that was talking about the Unabomber. And yeah. this woman is talking about the president of the United States. So take that with whatever, Grain of salt, you will. Yeah. So a couple, uh, a couple things that she said here. Uh, uh, President Trump has no principles, and you can't trust him. And his base, I mean, by God, if you were a religious person, you want to help people, not do this. Uh, in addition, there was the. Uh, it's the phoniness of it all. Yeah. It's the phoniness and the cruelty. Donald is cruel, like. God, if if I got to the point where my sister was, <laughs> was talking about how fucking cruel I was. Okay, uh, so I'm going to say, when I get to the point that my sister is talking about how cruel I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah, you chased me around the house with a knife once. Listen, if you've never grown up with siblings, you don't know what it's like, <laughs> all right? Sometimes you get drop kicked in the chest, or you, know, you get punched in the stomach, and your dad runs over and says, that's how Kirk went away. <laughs> that's how Charlie Chaplin died. Break it up. <laughs> It's Houdini. Houdini. That's how Houdini died. That's how Houdini died. <laughs> a funny, a funny story from my dad. He literally, yeah. me and my brother were just like punching each other, and then I hit Brendan in the stomach, and then my dad. I think we were at like a pizza place or something where he had to travel some distance to like come yeah. to separate us, and he's like pushing people out of the way. He separates the two of us, and he like gets in our face and he grows teeth, like gritting them up, and. It, putting on the voice the dad like stern talking voice and it's mm-hmm. just like don't do that that's how houdini died <laughs> it's just like we're both thanks. looking at each other like <laughs> okay <laughs> all right <laughs> thanks uh yeah. you know what uh you know what it might also have killed houdini though what's that we don't know but it might have been oh the anthem.com court of the anthem.com oh the anthem on facebook twitter instagram and the listener line 443-219-7595 what's that number again 443-219-7595 uh, you can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and TikTok. Uh, I said I was going to do a video last week, and I didn't do it <laughs> last week, so I'll do a video this week. Uh, the problem is that I, I'm really I'm really trying to do better work, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think about it more, and then I do that, like, I think about it too much, and I'm not the doing it part, so I have to, I have to get more assertive on the part where I do the the task at hand. So And you had a freedom last week that you don't have now. I know. God damn it. Just wasted that week. I know. Oh, but it, it, listen, Corey and I have a different policy on life. I am about volume. I'm just <laughs> pumping out lots of volume. And Corey goes with quality. You want every single one to be quality. 
But the unfortunate nature of that is then you can't say things like, you can find me at, at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. You can find my political campaign at Rob Cheek for Prez on all social networks. You can find the reviews that I do two per week, every single week, without fail, Thursday and one day in between at Everyman Movie uh, on uh, all your social networks. And you can check out youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek where you can find my prodigious and prolific posting of not only the Everyman Movie review, but parody videos and life journaling and everything else that I do. You can find it there. And of course you can find links to all that also at robertandcheek.com, my home on the web. Don't forget about the books. Oh, and the books they're available on Amazon. You can find those there. Buy Rob's books. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I have just have so much going on, Corey. I'm yeah. currently doing so many things and producing so much content that I just can't keep track of all of it. So I'm at the know. point right now where most of my time is spent writing. And mm-hmm. by most of my time spent writing, I mean staring off into the void, like <laughs> quietly speaking to myself, going like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Yeah. Well, what am I going to do? I'm a fact. I'm a hack. People yeah. are going to discover me. You are not famous <laughs> enough to have that kind of insecurity yet. Uh, but, you know, we, we discussed earlier, we'd like to have a goal at, that at some point in 2020, we are producing new content every single day. That Sunday through Saturday, you have something new coming out. Yeah. And what we've learned thus far, about two months into that adventure, is I am going to produce <laughs> seven days of content, new stuff, every single day for you. And Corey will be involved in one shape or form. Here on the podcast <laughs> on one day, he'll be featured on a song parody that comes out on Friday. Uh, Listen, if, gonna, you're, if you're doing all the work, all I have to do is ride the coattail. I don't see what the problem is here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, until that one point where the lack of sleep just drives me insane and I murder every single person that I know and then take them to a uh, suite at the W Hotel and help them in acid. <laughs> oh, Adam, hey, Adam. Adam Schiff, got, a, you got something I can borrow there, buddy? <laughs> we have rooms right next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. It's most certainly not. <laughs> most uh, certainly not. <laughs> as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. R.I.P. Goody. <laughs>